Hey everyone, and welcome to season three of Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Hello to all of our new listeners and welcome back to all of the people that have been following us from season one. We're so excited to be back and we have a great lineup of amazing women and inspirational stories to share with you and we are so excited to be back. Today, we are sitting down with Melissa Andre, the founder of Melissa Andre Design Company. She is a creative consultant who brings dreamy, whimsical, avant-garde sophistication to private events, from weddings to parties, you name it, she has a list of celebrity clientele. Check out our conversation for her tips on how to throw the best party. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, we're here with the gorgeous Melissa. She is the founder of Melissa Andre Design Company. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to another wedding industry, kind of. I know. In I'm a way. so yeah. excited to talk all things weddings. So you plan these amazing weddings and events. Tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the events world. Yeah, I started a long time ago, like 15 years ago. Um, and I was doing events more like in the fashion industry, like fashion shows and stuff like that. And then, um, and for some beauty brands. And then this was like way before you could just watch any fashion show on Instagram mm -hmm. or anything. And I really wanted to start my own company, mainly not because I was like unhappy, mainly because I just had like so many aesthetics and like looks and feels that I wanted to execute. And so I needed like a revolving door of clients, like not in a bad way, revolving door, but in a way that like if you're working with um, you know, a fashion brand or something like they have a look, you know, and you yeah. can't be like, actually, I think, you know, Harry Potter or whatever. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start my own company and I just kind of did. <laughs> like I, I just kind of decided I was going to one day I was living in New York at that time. So I'm Canadian. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how technical we want to get, but you can't just as a Canadian, yeah. Just start a company. That's true. In the US, you have to like go home and get your ducks in a row. So I did that. I I went home and then was really nervous and was like, oh, I should tell my mom maybe I might have to move back if this thing doesn't work out. Like, and then I didn't have to um <laughs> at all. But really when I started doing events for myself, I kind of like approach them with this aesthetic of like, here's all these parties that you probably haven't seen and you haven't been able to go to because they've been like ultra private and like the fashion world. And like, I kind of want to bring more of that edge and like aesthetic and newness to private, like social gatherings, mm -hmm. because I just thought that I didn't love the look of events. And I was like, I wouldn't have one of these that I see people have, you know, like events are so different now. But at the time I was like, oh my God, I could not have like a wedding that looked like this or a birthday. Like, I feel like I, there must be other people who like want something that feels like more modern or like edgier or 
something has more of like a fashion touch. So I just hoped that people wanted it. And then, you know, pretty quickly, like within a few months, we went from like me helping two of my friends with stuff to like the next year we had like 60 bookings. And by we, it was just me at the time. And so I had like 65 bookings. And <laughs> how did people find out about you? Word of mouth or what was, what was the way you got your clients? Yeah, it was, um, I did like two or three events for like friends. And then it was a lot of word of mouth. Like I did like some designs that people were like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. So like scene two, people would be like, oh, I like a waiter at a venue told me about you. Or like this like person that dropped this off, like popped their head in and like asked for your business card. Do you remember? And I'm like, yeah, I do remember, you know, or, um, I was like posting some photos and, and also one of them was like published in like a local magazine. So it was like just a mix, but I didn't really do anything so crazy other than just do the work mm -hmm. type of thing. Like I just did it and it just resonated, I guess. I hope. I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite like types of events to do? I love private events because you can be way more, um, people will just let you push like a little bit harder, you know, design wise. It's like a little bit different to go to like, like, for example, I've done an event for like the Instagram head office. Like, yeah. you, I don't know that I could push like so, 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 so far as I could for like some fashion loving girl who's like, you know, in the movie industry or, you know, whatever it is, like some of my clients, like they're usually like, yeah, do your thing, you know, whereas like corporate clients are usually like, hmm, maybe don't do that much of a thing. Yeah. Not that much. It still has to be yellow. Yeah. Like it's still, you know, like it still has to be whatever it is, but like private clients I get, especially like, you know, people in the entertainment industry, like celebrities or anything like that, that see so much. Um, they're usually so excited to be like, bring me every idea. And like, you know, we'll go from there. What are some of like the most memorable um, things that you've done for private events? Um, I mean, I, I did like a birthday party for Drake, you wow. know, and it was like really fun. We made these like bento boxes that were like Drake OVO, like bento boxes. And yeah. then, you know, like people like took them home, like his friends like took them home from the event, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that is like always fun. And um, again, like I did something for the Instagram head office and this was like the, basically we found out that the logo was changing like two days before the event. Uh -huh. And they had like oh, told no. me that something was going to happen, but like couldn't tell me what. So I'm like, what does that mean? Something's going to happen. I don't, I, 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 I couldn't even imagine that the logo, and it was changing from like a brown yeah. logo to like this sunset yeah. of like purple and hot pink and peach, you know? So, um, so we like changed the design really. And when we heard and I was like, oh God, let me see it. I had no idea what to expect. And it was like this like beautiful, you know, like sunset colorway or whatever. Um, but that is like always fun. And, and we did some things that we didn't realize were going to be so, um, I don't know, just fit so well. Like I had this kind of ceiling install spec'd out with like 
you know, beautiful clouds. And I like make these clouds out of like paper mache and cotton batting. You can see them in like a lot of my events and I change them up. Sometimes I put like raindrops on them and sometimes there's like butterflies on them and, you know, like little thunderbolts or whatever. Like <laughs> I love kind of like this idea of bringing the outside in. But then for this event for Instagram, we made these like paper planes that look like the DM, like the oh. direct message paper planes and put them in in like all the new colors, like that hot pink and like that cobalt blue mm -hmm. and stuff. So I, I feel like that stuff is so memorable where do you like draw inspiration for all these creative ideas um I, that's like the million dollar question I feel like everyone asks that and I always ask people too and I think they're gonna tell me something <laughs> so you know like world changing like um but I just am always thinking of ideas and then that way when I like as a practice I know that sounds like so vague but I really like all day long truly all day long, like 16 hours a day, I'm like thinking of ideas and then writing them down. And like a lot of them are bad and like some of them are whatever. And then a couple of them are great. And like that to me is like the, the way to do it type of thing, you know? So like if people are like, oh, I can't think of any ideas. How do you do that? How do you do it? I'm more like, I think I just probably think of more of them. So there's also more bad ones and also <laughs> more whatever ones, but like, that if you think of like a million ideas and write them down, like, I don't know, two of them are bound to be good or like eight or 80, you know? So yeah, totally. it's more of like a volume thing, maybe like practicing coming up with ideas. Like every morning and every night, I'm just like writing ideas. Like maybe I could do this, but it could be blue upside down or like in <laughs> Paris or, you know, whatever. And then you have to find people that can like execute your ideas too, which is that challenging to do? Well, we now produce almost everything in house. Oh, wow. Yes, because it was just really difficult. It was very challenging to kind of like get people on the same path and like on the same wavelength. And I check in on production so often that it was just easier if it was like in my backyard type of thing for me to be like, oh, I said that color, but I think it needs to be warmer. I think it now needs to be more textured or whatever it is that we're making, you know, like I said, the you know, clouds should be like four feet, but like really it's three and three quarters or, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we have brought a lot of it in house, like wood, um, anything paper, paper mache we do in house, anything paint. Um, and then there's some things we still get done, like, you know, by professionals, other professionals, like anything with metal, for example, yeah. we don't do that in-house. Although, you know, who knows, maybe we <laughs> maybe will. <one> yeah. <laughs> and you do a lot of weddings, right? Yeah. A whole mix of things, but I love weddings. Um, what are some of like your favorite, like, themes for weddings that you've done? Um, we did this wedding that was in a celebrity's backyard and he had, he has like a forest in his backyard. I know it's like, people are always like, where is that forest? I'm like, it's actually in his backyard. Um, that's so crazy. I went to a wedding with, for my friend this past weekend yeah. and everyone's like, what's this venue? It was her backyard, but they just like decorated it so nicely. It looked amazing. It's the best. <laughs> if you can do something at your house, like it's so good because we, for example, for this event, like, I mean, we, it was very complex. We had to like move trees. We had to like <laughs> save a lizard and like make sure he was okay until after the event. We had to like build a road. Oh because, my God. Like 
it was way more than event production. <laughs> it was like architecture, road building, wildlife preservation. Like, um, but so what was I going to say? It, it, it kind of looked like Neverland back there. It was like really beautiful. And, you know, instead of having like a lounge with like velvet tufted sofas, I got like all these vintage like beds, you know, like iron white vintage beds with like pillows and like uh, I didn't I thought people would kind of use them as a lounge and they were like fully napping and like it went <laughs> really really late and that's like the thing if you can do something on your own property especially yeah. if you happen to have a forest, forest yeah um you know no one's gonna get kicked out and so this specific wedding it took a week mm -hmm. to build so like you can't always do that if you are not in your own property, yeah. you know, like we had to like build a road and then you have to build a subfloor. And like for this, we brought in air conditioning. We had to build a kitchen. We had to build like refrigerated rooms so that we could do the number of flowers that were required. And then of course, bathrooms. And, you know, so you're really like, you're building a house kind of. Yeah. Like a temporary <laughs> house. Yeah. It, like, of course there's electricity and like, the light changes throughout the night and stuff. So like, there's no way that you could go to that level of like design and decor if you had like six hours to set up or even 16 hours or even 60 hours. Like we were really there for a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are some trends that you see like in weddings and wedding planning? Well, coming up, it's going to be like, a spread type of thing. So people are either going to go so intimate, which I like pseudo predicted before COVID, like at the top of 2020, I'd like did this video on like January 3rd. And I'm like, micro weddings are in, I didn't know about COVID. Micro weddings are in, like I did this like chic, chic 14 person wedding for Cassie in Malibu. And I was like the flower girl and the wedding planner and like, you know, <laughs> the DJ, you know, and it was like so beautiful, but also, you know, I was starting to see with my clients, like wanting these like ultra private, like super chic 10 course, like one, you know, install that you could never do if you had 200 guests, you know? So, and then of course we were like forced to do that. Like, yeah. so fast forward two months later, it was like not even 16 people. It was like, if you have 10 people, we're calling the cops. Like, yeah. do not even think about it. So, but moving forward, there is like this huge divide. So I have some clients who were like, we want the most chic, tiny wedding, or we want the biggest, whatever we said in 2020, times it by three, more guests, more budget, make it crazy. We're flying everyone to Italy. Wow. Like I have nothing in between. Like I don't have anyone that's like 200 people in LA. Like everyone's like, we're moving. We're going to Greece. <laughs> Tell your mom she's coming, you know? And, or I have people that are like, I just want you know, we, or people who are like, I, we've actually been secretly married for a year. So now we want to have like this, yeah. something like a little ceremony for like 12 of our friends, mm -hmm. you know, like a tiny little, like, let's do a ceremony that's not at the courthouse. So like a huge spread. I don't have anything in between, which I like. I love, you know, everything on the edges. 
Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. That's crazy. So yeah, you spoke about it a little bit, but tell me a little bit about how the pandemic like affected the wedding industry and the changes that you've seen like in not only trends, but like business. Yeah, it was... um traumatizing (laughs) to all wedding vendors and professionals and brides yeah um so I was in like March I was speaking at this conference this like women's entrepreneurial like a conference and it was like three days and then I swear I would like come out of a session and then I would see like all these cancellations and I'm like, what is going on? Like we had kind of heard about it, but like didn't really know how far it was going to be. And then we had some um, clients from Dubai who all of a sudden were not going to fly here for their wedding, but then for for their event, but then they still wanted their guests to go and enjoy because they had spent like, you know, money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like all these like funny things kind of happening, like that were not normal, like not what we had experienced. I'm like, so you don't want to move your date. You just want your guests to enjoy it without you. This is like, okay, but like, so bizarre kind of you know and then the same thing my office was running even though I was in Palm Springs and they're like this is really weird this person just postponed and that you know and then we were doing this was like the really big when we were doing an, an art installation at Coachella and when that Coachella. Got postponed I'm like oh no it's all over now but really we we had like 18 months worth of postponements in the span of three or four days mm-hmm. so it was like at first we were just kind of waiting for something to happen as everyone was. And I was like, wow, maybe we get a vacation. This is like so glam. Yeah, because they were like, oh, it'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, and I was like, wow, two weeks off? This is outrageous. Like, (laughs) what a luxury. I've never experienced such a thing in the last decade. And then it was not. They were like, no, actually, you're here for like another like six months or like eight months. And I was like, oh, no, this is not a luxury. Yeah. This is not a vacation. Um, you know, and then for our clients, we really made the decision of are we going to postpone? Are we going to cancel? Um, because if we had, for example, like album launches for yeah. artists, those don't get postponed because that album is coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, a wedding can be postponed, but like an art installation at Coachella, like where are we going to do it in someone's backyard? Like, I mean, maybe, but (laughs) probably not, you know? So then it kind of turned into that. And then we just, we pivoted really well. Thank goodness. Um, But yeah, I mean, we were, we were busy, but with kind of totally different things. What were you doing? So I finally, (laughs) this is like on my to-do list. I launched like an education program for event professionals called MA Insiders. And we were like, so busy with that and like every class was full and you know I kind of started 
putting down on paper um, like a lot of business development strategies for like event professionals and people took those courses. And then I also started lecturing at NYU in their like masters of events program. So I was like a professor during COVID. I still, (laughs) we're still doing it out out of COVID. Um, But also we launched a huge um, like gift box business. So we basically took a lot of events, turned them into a gift box or like worked with a lot of brands to make these like beautiful presentations. So kind of use that like design skill set from mm-hmm. events and turned it into like something you could put in the mail. Yeah. You know, so we did that kind of thing. And then, you know, after a few months passed, we were able to do small events outside in clients homes with rapid testing yeah also with distancing like then we started getting some things back which was so lovely yeah and glorious (laughs) yeah do you think that um like events have like forever changed because of the pandemic or do you think like we're ready to just go back to like how it was before um I think so yeah I do because I think that we saw um, brands who now were moving to like online experiences and gift boxes where now they could include people that they previously couldn't include, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's like an option that's on the table now for people. Um, And and I think that people are – are dying to party right now. Are like, dying. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> just coming. We used to say like, if you invite people to an event, you know, be prepared for 25% not to come. But now everyone is coming. They're bringing plus eight. It doesn't matter what's on the event. Like they're coming. So make room, you know? So it's just like a different, a different time. And we'll see how long this lasts, but I'm, I like it right yeah. now. I love it. Everyone is like, could not be more excited for anything that you do. The so weddings that I've been going to, I've been to two since we've been kind of in the clear. Yeah. And they said everyone came and like everyone is just so down to like have a good time and be around so people. So down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's like a different vibe than like, I feel like weddings, sometimes you'd get a mix like, oh, I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know if I want to dance. I don't know if I want to dance. I'm tired. Do I want to drink? Do I want to... And now everyone's like, I want to do all the things. Give all me everything the- on the menu. Yeah. Don't even show me the menu. Just give it all. <laughs> so it's great. What are some tips for brides who are, you know, planning their wedding or about to start planning their wedding? I know when I got engaged, I didn't know the first place to start. Like, do you get a planner? How do you pick like the right theme or decor? Like, what do you do? Well, yes, get a planner. Everyone get a wedding planner. Um, But the first thing you have to do, I actually, I don't know when this is coming out. Sorry, did I fuck this up? Okay. I have a workshop called the Ultimate Wedding Checklist. Oh, I think people will definitely want to attend. Okay, yes. Well, it's going to be live on July 26th, but we'll we'll air it after, like play it or whatever, but it's called the Ultimate Wedding planning checklist and on my site, I'm going to put like a checklist, um, so that people can download it and, and whatever. But the first thing you have to do is make a real guest list because almost everyone I talk to, I'm like, great, you're engaged. How many people are coming? And they're like, we think 200. And I'm like, 
did you make a list? And they're like, no, 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 we just think 200. <laughs> like that is an imaginary number. I don't even know how people come <laughs> up with that number. First of all, 90% of people say we think 200. So like, just so you all know, that's what everyone says. And it's just not that. So <laughs> you have to make a real guest list, like really sit there, write down your friends' names, write down who's in a serious relationship, count your cousins, like whoever you have to actually make a guest list. You can't be like, Hey, I'm ready. Okay, we think 150. Like that is just a made up number. It's so funny how people do that. But that's exactly what I was like. I was like, I think 100. No, everyone does that. And then I had to sit down and actually make a list. And I was like, wait. You're like, I'm so popular. And it was like 250 or something. I was like, I'm not. Yeah, it was like 200 people. I was like, but I wanted like 80. I wanted to like invite 100 and have like 80. 80. But I was like, so you have to be cutthroat. You have to be cutthroat. (laughs) And you have to make a real list. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh my God. And then you, like your parents are going to have the cousins, brothers, like long lost sister who you've never met. Totally. And I was like, it's like double what you think it is. That's how it is. (laughs) It's always like that. I'm like, first of all, you're way more popular than that. (laughs) I'm so pleased to inform you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the first step. And then like we have something called like the Madco method. Mm -hmm. Madco is most laundry design company, which is too many words. So, and like phase one, basically the first thing in phase one is like make that guest list. Then um, you have to, come up with like an idea of how much money you want to spend, which is just an idea because but normally that's another place that's another thing. where it's a made up number. Totally. I was like, oh, I think I could do it for like X. And everyone's like, no, you can't. And I ended up doing it for five times more than that. That's how it happens. <laughs> yes. But you have to at least have like a starting point mm-hmm. so that like you're aware kind of you know like you (laughs) otherwise I feel like you get sticker shock like you go to a wet a venue and they're like oh like the rental fee is I don't know 20,000 you're like wait what you know what I mean so like you have to have like an idea so you understand how it's like growing and shrinking um I feel like that the budget adjusts as you learn more totally because I feel like when you just get engaged you never planned a wedding before so you're like oh I think like I can do this for ten thousand dollars like absolutely not right that's like like, this flower wall costs ten thousand dollars and you're like you do a google like I see these googles that are like oh in America like the average wedding is like thirty thousand dollars and then I have like clients that come to me and they're like, we're going to double it. So it's going to be like wild. And I'm like, we're in Los Angeles. So like you have to 10x it or like, you know, whatever it is, it's super, um, you know, it depends on where you live. Like not in, and this is not in a, I'm not even saying what anyone should spend or shouldn't spend. It's just more that the prices are so based on your geography. Yeah, it really is. And then they're, they're based on how many people you have, Mm -hmm. you know, feeding 200 people is even though you think like we're gonna have around 200 like feeding 200 people versus feeding 180 is a hugely it's thousands of dollars less yeah you know so like every eight people is like you add a table you add eight chairs you add two centerpieces (laughs) you add a linen you add flatware you add glassware you add another tier of a cake you add like more servings of like your late night after pizza listening station. to this, Are you like PTSD right now. After listening to this, everyone's <laughs> gonna want to have a micro. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're like, no eight people. No, but that's what happens. Is like every eight people, it's it can be hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars mm-hmm. of 
a difference in your budget. So that's why you have to start with that list is like really the difference between 90 people and a hundred people could be it's, it's more, it's hundreds of dollars. Yeah. If not thousands, if you're having like a super luxury wedding and it's also your venue. Like if a venue's capacity is 120, Mm -hmm. you can't just like squeeze (laughs) people in and like tear down a wall, you know? So it's like very different. A wedding, squeezing people into a wedding is different than like squeezing people into your backyard barbecue, Mm -hmm. you know, like a table, a round table is you know, 72 inches. It's not like pull up a chair, you know, like a chair, (laughs) like a chair and a place setting, like you need two feet per person. It's not, and I'm like getting so technical with like inches and stuff, but like you can't just like have a plate on top of another plate, you know, like it's, so there is like real, like logistical, you know, things that come up. So like it's down to the person, like removing eight people makes a huge difference. It, it can open up another venue that you didn't think you could get. Yeah. You know, like now all of a sudden, like you remove 10 people and like, oh, we can fit in this venue now. You remove another 10 people and you're like, oh my God, I have space now for We're like a bigger dance floor. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Just cut your guest list. But um, so that's why you have to start with your guest list. And then budget. Then budget and then venue. And then you go back to your budget because <laughs> now you've learned something very valuable about booking a venue. And it's that it's very expensive. <laughs> so you have to go back to your budget. Yeah. So guest list, budget, venue, budget. And then do you have any tips on like things people forget to include that you think are important? I will say this is like a big key is after, and I've done weddings for like over a decade after I've done a wedding and I ask my clients, what would you have changed? And I don't know if this is going to be the case post-COVID. So let me just tell you my pre-COVID learning. Okay. Everyone says that they would have invited less people and people who didn't get videography wish they had gotten videography, which for a bit, I feel like there was like talk of, oh my God, I watched my video once, what a waste of money. But then now you have people who are like, we did only watch it. But then once, but then we watched it again five years later and oh my God, I'm so glad I had it. Because if you don't get it, you cannot go back and get it. I 100% agree. Did you have video? I didn't. I was not going to have it. And then I did like two weeks before I like booked a videographer. And And I was so happy because like pictures are great, but they don't like capture like the vibe and it goes so fast you're like, wait, I blacked out. Like, I want to like relive it a little bit. Like, I don't remember what happened. You know, that's like the same reason that people say they would have invited last guest (laughs) is like the next day I have people that were like, this person flew from my hometown, my like childhood best friend. I spoke to her for 17 and a half minutes because there was 300 people there. And like, now I'm so upset about it. Now mm-hmm. I'm not going to see her for another X number of years or, you know, whatever. So I'm not, basically I'm telling you to uninvite a lot of people um, from your life. They're all coming, but maybe invite less of them. But, um, you know, do with that information, whatever you will. But I will say that after hundreds of weddings, 
Those are things people say. I don't know. Do you feel like that you would have, inv- I mean, not to put you on the spot and you're like, I wouldn't have invited Susie or like, you know, whatever. You don't have to tell me who you were. I actually invite, had like me. a pretty small wedding. Okay. Um, I had 89 people. Oh, wow. So I, I, there were like, obviously I would have rather had more of my friends than my parents' friends, but like True. I had to, yeah. I made them cut a lot already. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it was fine. I think that was a good number because I got to like hang out with everyone like a decent amount and we like spent the week it was in Italy so we like had a weekend with everyone so chic (laughs) I love an under 100 person wedding yeah I always wanted something like more intimate and we have really small families so it wasn't like gonna be crazy yeah that's so good did you plan your own wedding I'm not married okay (laughs) but I would plan my own wedding or I'd have my my team I am a little lucky because I have a team yeah so they I hope they like from planning like everyone else's weddings. Do you like have a vision or Um, I don't really like low key plan my own wedding in the back of my head or anything. But that is mostly because I see like the way that I am about designs and like, you know, I think that like one of the things about having like, quote unquote, good taste is really just kind of feeling things a little bit before every. Else, yeah you know so there is just no point yeah in me kind of being like oh I think I'm gonna like this at that point I'm, it's already late I'm yeah. already tired of it and I'm not even engaged totally so. people always ask me oh like did you always like dream about like designing your own engagement ring and like I didn't right and I didn't design my ring and I'm like kind of happy about it because I see so many and I love so many different things and I like I'm on to like the next thing yeah you're <laughs> just always on to the next yeah. and then you could never I mean it's like such a slippery slope yeah <laughs> so um because we're jewelry and we're on the topic of it do you have like a special piece of jewelry that you like is your go-to for like big events or like a go-to piece you think like brides should wear on their big day um I think that brides should like make the decision between pieces Mm -hmm. I think so like I love a bride with like a statement earring but then no necklace you know I love the bride a bride with like a simple hand just an engagement ring but then like an amazing bracelet Mm -hmm. or something so I personally love that um and Myself, I mean, I just change. I wear whatever. I do wear this little, like, this is, like, not very fancy, but my mom, my name means honeybee, and my mom, like, a long time ago gave me this, like, little gold honeybee necklace. So, so I feel like I just wear that all the time. But otherwise, I don't have, like, you know, anything that I'm, like, must wear. I just wear whatever I feel. What um trends are out for weddings? Are out? Like, what are played out? Things that, like, are out? No more. Um, I think that, I think that color is much more in, Mm -hmm. you know, there was like a block of time where everything was all white. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that it's out in case anyone is having this all white wedding because I'm doing an all white wedding right now. And it's like, so chic. So I think there's always ways to do it. Let me just say that. Yeah. But there are like moments of trends. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the like all white where it's on like a wave is Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, any, like anything too rustic is like, you know, kind of out, um, honestly, did I break this? No. Okay. Honestly, this is controversial, but let me just say it. Bridesmaids are a little bit 
out. Wow, okay, hot having take. a bridal having a bridal party is a little bit out. Honestly, I kind of agree with that. Well, thank goodness. Because <laughs> I, I felt a lot of pressure to like assemble like a group of girls. Then I was like, I don't want us to all match. So, like they didn't. Right. But it's like it's a lot to it, have like a bridal party. And then then the groom has to have like the matching same number and like. Totally. I obviously more popular than my husband, so I had more friends. So well, you had yeah. to, you know, yeah, figure you had it to out. Take some of yours. You had to make some <laughs> friends. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So bridal parties are are out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, actually. Like every a lot of people don't like being bridesmaids, and I think like as the age, it's the marrying age is getting older, people are just more vocal. Yeah, they're like, anyway, I don't want to be in your bridal party. Please fucking uninvite me. <laughs> so, it's like, love you, but I don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. Um, so for that reason, and also because because the marrying age is older, the, the whole point of a bridal party doesn't make the same um, sense or it doesn't serve the same purpose that it did when you know people got married and like the bride was moving out of her mom's house at like, 16 yeah and like needed people to like show her how to be a wife and then people to like support that it's just less relevant because I mean people are getting married after they've like already lived with this person for years when they're like I'm like a a doctor I'm a lawyer I don't why am I what I'm I don't need that I don't I don't want my girlfriends for that I want them for this other thing you know so it's just like a different time so all of those things together plus you know then you have like this weird thing where now it's not weird it makes total sense where like that whole trend of like wanting a bunch of brides in matching dresses is so out Mm -hmm. and then you're like well if if I don't have if I just have my girlfriends wearing whatever they want why do they even need to stand up there you know so then it's just like well who do I want to invite to my bachelorette well can we just get together anyway without you being my bridesmaid so I don't know if that that's an in- that's an interesting trend that is very eye-opening I think it's true like people are getting married later same with what we see for engagement rings it's no longer like a surprise like oh my right. god like I can't believe I'm getting engaged and I'll accept whatever like women are very vocal in like the type of ring that they want they like financially totally. contribute they kind of like just do the whole thing because they've probably been with their partner for a while and they've talked about it before totally yeah. and I think that like everything, but especially weddings, like the engagement is no longer, you know, looked at in this vacuum, like this moment of time of like, I was proposed to like this and I got this ring. Like women are so about, well, what else do I wear? Am I going to want to wear this every day? Is this going to work for my life? You know, it's like so much about like, well, what's my style? What's my look? And then, you know, most certainly you're not waiting for someone, for him to choose that or for her or whoever like I was having dinner the other day at a hotel and and the uh this woman that I met there had this like gorgeous engagement ring and I just like see an engagement ring like 50 miles away (laughs) I'm like you're engaged tell me everything you know and she had this like soft blue clearly antique piece and like for me to see an engagement ring without a band I just like I just see them they find me I find them I'm like ask me your questions. And she proposed to her husband. Wow. Yeah. Like she was like, I wanted this ring. I was like, this is my engagement ring. So I bought it for myself. And then I was like, 
hey, um, let's go and get you an engagement ring. Because by the way, I bought this for myself. I was like, what a woman you're. <laughs> she was like so chic and gorgeous. And I was like, oh, I would want that ring too, I guess. So maybe I should get one for myself also. But, um, you know, it's, it's not any... It, it's not like women are just waiting, like waiting around, waiting to be proposed to. Yeah. They're like, this is what I want. This is when I want it. I love it. Like yeah. I love this for us, yeah. for everyone. Yes. You know? It makes sense. Like it's a partnership and you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone. So you better love your ring. Love your ring. Yeah. And it's I, a big investment. It's a big investment. And it's like, what else wear do you it. wear every day? Yeah, exactly. It's like the only thing, Yeah, you know, you wear every day. I had a bride recently and she literally had her manicure longer than her engagement ring. Like five days later, she's like, I hate this. I'm bringing it back. I'm getting a new one. And like, she switched it up and got one that she loved. And I'm like, you have the same manicure and like a new ring. Like that's how quick that happened. She's like, I don't even know why he did that yeah. on his own. And he wasn't even offended. He's like, great. You know, so, and I see that stuff all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what do you have in store for the future in the event world? Um, I mean, so many more events. I think like for the next year, we're going to just ride the wave of like the roaring 20s, like 2.0 type of thing. And mm -hmm. like these big, gigantic, huge events. Um, and then, you know, other things we're working on a tableware line. Um, you know, we're going to continue with education, just kind of everything. We're working with like a few brands and different collaborations. So, you know, just keeping busy. I think after the year we've had, I'm like very excited to be very busy. And are you taking on new clients? Yeah. Yeah. We take on new clients all the time. So how can people like find you, reach out if they need you to plan their next amazing event? Yeah. We're at melissaandre.com and then we're at Melissa Andre and all like the socials. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. So much fun. Thank <laughs> you. It was so much fun sitting down with Melissa and learning everything that goes into throwing the perfect event and how the event landscape has changed so much since COVID. How would you guys plan your dream wedding? Would you have a big wedding or one of those micro weddings? Let me know. 